Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. I don't really care. I just love the Holy Spirit. I love the way he works and heals people and brings his goodness and brings his life wherever he goes. I've just seen too many people healed. I've seen too many people saved. I've seen too many people touched by the love of God to believe that um, the Holy Spirit is anything but alive and active. This is a painting that I did that's called uh, The Wild Goose, which is what is it's known as in Celtic culture. This was like their name for the Holy Spirit. And I think it's apt because I assume that a wild goose is pretty hard to follow. I'm pretty sure it meanders a little bit and doesn't go in a straight direct line that you can follow. And this Holy Spirit that was also alighted upon Jesus like a dove was, um, and doves have a tendency to be very skittish and, and, um, and, and unpredictable, which is the same way the Holy Spirit is. But as we follow him with this, this precious, gentle way that he leads us, I promise you, yes, there will be some things we have to give up. Yes, there will be some, some things that we have to do as a part of our, our relationship with God. But what we receive in, in turn is, uh, is so much greater. And so I love that. Um, So this message today is called, Here Comes the Holy Spirit. And last week we talked about the context of John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is, uh, during the Last Supper, he's beginning to talk to his disciples and say, I'm going to leave you with a comforter. I'm going to leave you with this this Holy Spirit, this gift who's going to come and lead you and guide you into all truth. And they're beginning to grieve that their teacher, their rabbi is going to be gone. And he's like, I promise you, someone is coming is, is just the same as me. So the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are three in one. So when we say Holy Spirit, we're saying Jesus. When we say Jesus, we're saying the Father. When we say the Father, we are saying the Son. They are one and the same. There is no hierarchy. Obviously, God is the boss, you know what I'm saying? And then Jesus is second. And then the Holy Spirit is like, you know, third way down here somewhere. There is no hierarchy. It is a perfect community of honor and love that by the Spirit of God, they can do so, and it is not a competition. It's the way you move and live and breathe together. And I think our Holy Spirit in this context gives us access to more than we can do by ourselves. Amen. So the reason why I love to talk about butter is because the Holy Spirit is the butter, okay? Jesus is the bread of life, and the Holy Spirit is the butter on that bread. So good. Say butter. Butter, yeah. Um, and a part of walking with the Holy Spirit is he gives you more capacity than you think you've had before. And, um, for example, loving my family, loving this congregation. This is something that the Holy Spirit examines in the, in the midst of us. There are a couple of terms that are in 
kind of common Christianity that you may have heard before, you may not heard before. Uh, one is cessation, cessationism, and the other is complementarianism. And, and one means that the Holy Spirit and his work ceased with the disciples, that the disciples, as they became apostles and did works around the world, or did works in the time that they lived, and that was it. The working of the Spirit is gone. And then complementarianism, which is um, equally as insidious, it means that women cannot be leaders in church. This is commonly held by those who are Calvinists, um, but, uh, I mean, if you know me, you know I disagree with those. <laughs> I would not be here without my mama. <laughs> I wouldn't be here without praying prophetic women who believe in the power of the Spirit of God. So us as a church body, I know sometimes even in the roots of Missio Day, there are things where it used to be complementarian, where it's kind of like, you know, women are just here to kind of compliment a man as he's leading. No, no, no. I believe that women are called to lead out boldly with, in a prophetic and lead out boldly in every aspect of ministry and leadership, because where would we be without a woman? So Joyner Truth has a poem that says, Ain't I a Woman? And my favorite line in that one is, uh, Jesus was born by Mary and God, and man ain't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> I'm like, she's got a point. <laughs> we would not be here without women giving birth to us. And I just think that there's something that God is doing in the city that does require us. The fullness of the expression of the body of Christ. So that means all races, creeds, and cultures, but also both genders to be fully prepared to push into his kingdom. That the gifts of the Spirit are still moving. He is still stirring hearts. I understand that we live in a world that is full of anxiety, that we're full of distrust of different things, but he, I just want to encourage you today that there is something that the Holy Spirit may be stirring in you and how to continue to feed that fire. This is a Pentecost passage from Acts 2 and 1. Jesus has said his last words was, wait here and I'm going to send a gift and power will come upon you. In the beginning of Acts, which people say that are Acts 2 church, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I imagine that this was crazy and chaotic to be part of such a scene. That wind was blowing and people were speaking in tongues that they couldn't understand. People have sometimes a fraught relationship with speaking in tongues as a evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. All it is is a gift that allows us to build our faith and our spiritual strength by speaking something that we may not have any earthly idea what we're saying, but we are communicating with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Can our hunger continue to be stirred up just the same way 
that the disciples and those who waited on the Holy Spirit was. It's, it's hard. We live in a world that doesn't really like us to be hungry. It really likes us to be comfortable. It really likes us to not be challenged in any way. It really likes us to have all we need between the four walls of our home, and we don't have to go to community even to find it. You can find it on Amazon. We don't have to really reach out to others if we really need something. There is this isolation that happens by the enemy so he can begin to take people out. But there is something about us moving outside of that comfort in the midst of disappointment, waiting on his spirit who is sure to come and imagine what we have never seen. Why don't we receive what we're sometimes hungry for in our heart of hearts? God, I know there's more than just this, than work, home, work, home, work, home, frustration and anxiety in the midst of it. I know there's, there's more than that. There's something about hunger that draws us into the spirit of God, but we're not hungry. We're comfortable. We're so comfortable. It is as if Jesus is always bringing this gift to us. And we're like, "Ah, you know, I've had enough. I'm good. That the things that fill us sometimes can't really fill us. And there is this place of going, come on, God, I know that you have more. That I'm feeling full, but this just, just, just doesn't last after a while. That we are have this emptiness inside of us. But I pray, Father, that you would continue to stir up this hunger inside of us. And I know sometimes if I ever come up to you in church and I go, (laughs) what is wrong with this dude? I don't know. What's his problem? It is me attempting to stir up hunger in you in a place where we we have all of our needs met, mostly. We have some desires that we would like. But what do we need God for? What do, I, I can't be, God, I can meet all my needs. Like, I can, I can order what I want, when I want, the middle class conundrum. <laughs> the middle class conundrum is, where are we going to eat? <laughs> we got this choice, that choice, that choice, that choice. Where are we going to eat, God? But how do we stir up hunger? Because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. A problem that I have sometimes is I will be hungry for something. I'll be hungry for the Lord. But I think whatever happens, if I get a glimpse of his goodness, I'm like, okay, I can relax now. Whatever thing that I desired in my heart is here now. So I don't really have to press in anymore. But there's something about this, this hunger for the Holy Spirit that really prepares us for the long haul. It prepares us to endure. It prepares us to run a race for a long time. Shortly after the Holy Spirit came, Peter got up and began to teach on this passage in Joel 2, 28 through 32. And he was affirming and confirming this prophetic word that God has spoken that, and afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord had said, even among the survivors who the Lord calls. There is something about God doing what he said he was going to do. The sun turning to darkness, him pouring out his spirit. Not only does hunger lead us to the Holy Spirit, but honesty does. That our honest place of the things that the Lord is speaking to us. We are very good at ignoring the Spirit of God that speaks to us in our, through our conscience many times. That we can engage in activities and uh, just kind of go, you know, he's not really talking to me. Then after a while, we callous our conscience and we can't even hear anymore. And we end up way down the road somewhere, engaged in activity like I used to do. There were times where I would get off of work on Friday. I would get enough to drink for the entire weekend. I would get enough to smoke weed for the entire weekend. This is how bad I was. I would get weed shipped from out of town to where I lived. That this was something that I gave all of my money to, all of my time to, all of my heart to, and then I come to Jesus and I go, you know, I can't really do that, Lord. This is not, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm really in a place where I can give you my all. But there was something about pursuing this honesty. There was something about pursuing darkness that I gave my all to, and I gave my heart to, and I was really, really into it. If there is something that God puts inside of us for us to listen to him by his spirit, that we wouldn't constantly push that thing down. We wouldn't constantly go, well, you know, maybe it's for another time. That our pursuit of him requires us to be hungry. And our dishonesty with ourselves sometimes can compromise our hunger. That we're just sort of playing the trick on ourselves. And Jesus promised the power would come on us when the Holy Spirit came to us. That it's following the Spirit that gives me the strength to obey. When I don't want to obey, it's the last thing I want to do. And I'm in my own power whatsoever. And always kind of going back and forth. In Acts 1 through 8, last words that Jesus said on earth, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth, that you would be my witnesses. That the depth of our ability to remember comes from his spirit. That it's in, in order for me to lie to myself 
I really have to cut out the spirit of truth, right? In order to live a lie, I have to deny the spirit of truth. A lie like women, God hasn't called women to be leaders, or a lie like the Holy Spirit is dead, that he opens up possibilities of who God is. But if God is as big as the universe, he's much harder to control than a God who is this small. But because of free will, I get to decide how big or how small God is in my life. And that really is through the way that he speaks to us. But God, can I like continue to be hungry and continue to be honest with who you've called me to be a precious son or daughter of God? And the word that is pretty old school in itself, um, holiness. It is something to me, this is not about a list of the things you can't do. It is about a list of the things that you're willing to put down to pursue God. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me for your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Create in me a pure heart that I would even have clean hands and a pure heart. I believe there is a generation that is rising now who wants nothing but God, who wants none of the other things that come with life. And, and Father, like, can you continue to pour down your goodness on us so that we will not be properly sustained by anything else but you? We thank you, Father, that you, we would love nothing more than Jesus that we want nothing more than Jesus, God. That we would continue to pursue you with all of our hearts, God. That this this life has nothing for us without you. Pour your spirit out upon us. I just thank you, Father. That we would have a clean conscience before him to hear his word. And lastly, heeding or hearing his voice. It's not just those he desires for us to hear his voice, but to do as well. That the Holy Spirit is ready at a moment's notice to pour out his goodness upon us as we hear and heed his word. In Psalm 29, 3, And four, it says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. And I just thank you, Father, for your goodness and your majesty.